food bloggers. Hi, how are you today? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. This is the place for food bloggers to get information and inspiration to accelerate your blog's growth and ultimately help you to achieve your freedom, whether that's financial, personal, or professional. I'm Megan Porta, and I've been a food blogger for over 12 years. I understand how isolating food blogging can be at times. I'm on a mission to motivate, inspire, and most importantly, let each and every food blogger, including you, know that you are heard and supported. I know you guys hear me talk about Rank IQ all the time in the podcast episodes, and I have some ads sprinkled throughout as well. But in this episode with Alexis Lenhart from Fancy Apron Cooking, this is totally natural. Nobody asked me to do this. Alexis brought this topic to the table, and I absolutely loved it because You guys, I truly, truly love using Rank IQ. It is my favorite keyword research tool. And we dig into all the perks and gems and hidden little features inside of the tool that you can explore if you haven't already. Listen to this full episode. We talk about so much and how this can help you streamline your business, make blog post writing easier, make keyword researching easier. It is just such a great tool. I love it for a reason. I hope you enjoy this episode. It is number 433, sponsored by Rank IQ. Food bloggers, real quick, want to hop in to tell you about an exciting opportunity for all of you travel lovers out there. A lot of you foodies are also big on exploring our country. If you plan on exploring New York City anytime soon, this might be a great opportunity for you. And if part of your audience relates to travel, they could benefit from this as well. The New York City Borough Pass is the best way to experience the unique cultures and stories of New York City. This sightseeing pass for sustainable cultural travel provides access to a diverse roster of attractions, tours, and performing arts venues in each of the five boroughs of New York City like the Alice Austin House Museum, where you can explore the life of the LGBTQ icon, or the 250-acre New York Botanical Garden that houses over 1 million living plants, or the City Reliquary Museum with its quirky and hyper-local New York City collections. The best part? Eat Blog Talk listeners receive a 10% off of 1, 3, 7, and 90-day options with the code EATBLOGNYC so you can choose the perfect duration for your adventure in the city. What are you waiting for? Get your New York City Borough Pass today and discover the beauty of the people and places that make New York City one of the world's most vibrant and exciting destinations. Go to nycboroughpass.com to get yours now. nycboroughpass.com. Use code EATBLOGNYC. Alexis at Fancy Apron shares upscale recipes that everyone can make. She cooks a lot of Traeger recipes, weeknight dinners, and she shares tips for shopping at Costco. Fancy Apron is three years old now, and although it's had a little bit of a slow start, 2023 is bringing big growth. Hello, Alexis. So happy to have you on eBlog Talk. How are you doing today? I am doing so good. I'm so excited to be here. How are you? I'm good too. Thank you for asking. And as you know, I love this topic. It's one of my favorite topics. We're going to talk about your awesome experience using Rank IQ. But before we get into all that great stuff, what fun fact do you have to share with us? So I'm actually really excited about this. I just got an email. So my kids and I, we do Taekwondo and we had belt testing over the weekend and we all passed. So now I'm a red belt in Taekwondo. 
Oh, that's awesome. When did you start Taekwondo? About a year and a half ago. Okay. I wanted a good physical activity for for my kids and one that I could do with them. One of my kids has some special needs, so it had to be something that I could help with. Yeah. And now I just, I love it. Like we all love it. Oh, good. And do your kids, your kids are just like, they latched onto it and they loved it right away or did it take some time? No, they pretty much loved it right away. I mean, where else do you get to go and like kick and punch stuff? And yes. (laughs) And it's like encouraged. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I have dreams to do that. I should do that too because I love the family aspect. Like anyone can try it, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's good for all of us. It's social, it's physical, it's mental too, right? Yeah, like all all of the things. It's really fun for us. Cool. Well, congrats on your red belt. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Rank IQ. It is such an awesome keyword research tool. I use it for so many things, and I think we'll get into some of that as we start talking. But where do you want to start? So you use it, I know, for just plain old keyword research. So do you want to start there? Yes. One of the reasons why I'm so passionate about this is because keyword research used to be my absolute least favorite task. And now it is my most favorite task because it's gone from being really cumbersome and not knowing, you know, that kind of like undecisiveness and being unsure to now with Rank IQ, when I'm, as I'm going through the process, I am a hundred percent certain that this is the right thing for me to write about writing it the right way so that it's going to actually rank and it's going to be seen. So that's why I like it so much. It's it's effective and it's taken off. And it saves time, like what you're saying. It's like with other keyword research tools, I feel like I can find a keyword and think it's okay, but I don't know for certain because it hasn't been handpicked. It's just part of a massive database of keywords. But with Rank IQ, I'm like, oh good. It's it's already here. It's been selected. And so I know it's, it has potential. A hundred percent. And so, yeah. So when I start, I like to go, well, I like to go into the keyword library for a lot of reasons. So the main component is probably the optimizer. So say you have a key phrase you want to use, but before you get there, there is a keyword library that has things that people are searching Google for that there is either not a lot of answers like low volume or the competition is low because the content is very thin. So right now, if you go into the keyword library and just look at food, there's over 121,000 keywords that are low competition that have good volume. That's a lot. And it's not like a billion. It's like a manageable a lot, right? So it's like doable for me. It's approachable. Yes. Because then within there, there's plenty of subcategories, whether it's drinks, coffee, you know, leftovers, so many different other categories. So whatever your niche is, so like I make a lot of recipes on my trigger. So smoked, grilled, stuff like that. So within my niche, I have a couple different directions I can go, but it's really easy to sift to find immediately words that are low competition. And then in there, next to the competition, it'll give us the visits per year. So I'll know that 35,000 people per year are searching dot, dot, dot. And that helps me decide really quickly, like, okay, this is what I should be focusing on because this will get me results really quickly. Is there a number that you try to stay under for competition? 
I do because I don't have a huge domain authority and because I have noticed, so I've been using this since January and I noticed that when I target something, I mean, a word like six or eight with a competition of six or eight, it will rank within days. Mm. Yeah. It's magic, right? You're like, wait a second. I just, I did one that was like, I posted it on a Sunday and on mm-hmm. Monday it was rank. I was like, no, this is crazy. It was so fast. It's true. And then, and it continues to grow. And that's just the fact that it's just there the day. And then, you know, it takes six months to a year for something to grow to its full potential. Yeah. Right. I did that. I published a recipe or a blog post on an airplane. And two days later, like that's how. Yeah, it's crazy. And it seems like no way that couldn't happen. But it was like, look at my dates. And I was showing my mastermind group. I was like, look at my published Mm -hmm. date. I just published it yesterday. Today is Monday, one day later. And I'm not saying that that will happen like all the time. That was kind of an anomaly, but it was really cool. And I haven't gone back to check that one, but I'm sure it's probably risen even more. But I try to stay under 20 just as a general rule. And I have a pretty good domain authority, but I still try to stay under 20 competition. But like you said, if you're under 10, oh, even better if you can find those gems. Yeah, it's fast. It's effective. I also happen to find that the things with the lower competition also require less content to rank. Yeah. You know, it can be shorter, like a thousand word goal for the blog post versus 2,500 with Right. With some of these things that people are searching for. So it's just faster all around. Do you select only keywords from Rank IQ or do you get keywords from other places and then run it through the optimizer? Well, mostly when I am updating old content. So for example, I had a wedge salad recipe on my blog and I wanted to update it. So then I started sifting through, like I put that into the search for the keyword library and then I picked one that made way more sense. That was a much, you know, a longer tail keyword. So I have done both. But right now, I have so many words saved in my library that I don't need to. I'm I'm good with what's in the yeah. library because there's so much for my, for my niche. Yeah. Do you spend a lot of time going through them and just kind of perusing the keywords and saving them? I do. It's too much. It's too fun. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Like for one thing, it's funny to see what people are searching for in great volume on the internet. And so that's entertaining, but then also it's fun. It's, it's exciting to say, Oh my gosh, I have a recipe for that. Or I could write about that. And then, and so it is really motivating when you go from gosh, you know, what, what do I want to write next week? Yeah. What's seasonal and you're searching for all these other things. So I do go through the library quite a bit and then, and save plenty of words. As you're going through. Yeah. More than what I'm going to be able to write. Which is good. That's a good problem to have, right? It's, it's true. Yeah. I am like you, Alexis. I used to hate keyword research. Now I love it. I find that I'm actually inspired when I look through the database of words like you said you'll okay. find things that you're like oh I didn't even realize that this would light me up but I actually want to write about this so I'll save it and by the way there's a handy little plus button next to each keyword that you can click on and it saves it to an, your own personal 
keyword library. So it's like your library, your keywords. So you don't have to run a report because you get a limited number of reports every month. So if you click on the orange plus button, it saves it to your library. So you can go through your library and it's more condensed. So you don't have to like wade through all of the keywords. Just a little tip there. Yes. Yeah. And then, and in there, so once, once you build up some things and you know, okay, you have all this potential, then it shows you your domain authority. So here, right up at the top. So it lets you know where you should be targeting and then you can do further searches there. Like if you want to stick with one topic and maybe batch work a little bit, you can go ahead and run reports out of just your saved keywords and then know that this week or the next two weeks, I'm going to focus on, you know, asparagus, for example, because there's multiple recipes for your topic that might need to be written. And then you can get a lot of photography done and a lot of recipe writing done and get those filled much quicker, I think. So it's a really good way to plan batching. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So do you do that often? Just like kind of plan it by category or month or season and then go from there? Yes. So I'll do two things. So like May, for example, I wrote four new blog posts and I opt and I updated four old blog posts. So it was a huge, I, I just got into a really good routine where I was able to write. So I was able to look at, okay, things coming up for the summer for Father's Day and take that into account and then update similar things so that, you know, if I could modify like a picture here or a picture here, my brain was focused on one concept that I could knock out for several topics like smoke chicken. Yeah. People need to know how, how long to smoke chicken at 250, at 300, at 350. So they're totally different searches with totally different volume, but a question that I can answer all of those times. And you could even think about it by holiday. So I'm just thinking of like mm-hmm. Thanksgiving coming up, you could do like what Thanksgiving sides or any sort of meal that you're going to be serving and then kind of group together that way. So it doesn't necessarily have to be by ingredient, but it could be by holiday season. You know, we can think around other themes too. Yeah, that's a really good point, especially for me, it's it's the photography. Yeah. So if you're building something out, a main dish, a side dish, a vegetable, a drink, I mean, get all those photographed at once. And that's awesome if you yeah. can do all that and then have all of these gorgeous pictures at the end and pulled that many posts out of it, which is possible. Like looking at, looking at what's in here, it's certainly possible. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. There's, there's a lot and it's been growing too. I remember when I like a couple of years ago, first went in, there's so much more volume now as far as like food keywords. Yes. And, and the creator for rank IQ continues to add new features. So mm-hmm. One of my newest favorite parts is you pick your keyword and you choose to actually run your report. Now you get to go in and you have all this information on what the world wants to see when it comes to this keyword. So recently, maybe in the last month and a half or two, they added the feature to help you choose your title. So a title grader that lets you know what words are the most popular to include, how long it should be 
how you can cover maybe more than one search in your topic. And then also lets you know the top 10 posts that are ranking for this keyword. And separate from that, the best three graded content in SERPs. It'll, it'll let you know this is what has the most information or the most complete information. Just to make sure that when you go to answer this question, that you are producing the absolute best piece of content for your readers slash Google. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's super, like if you dig a little bit, you're like, oh gosh, I didn't know this was here and this was here. There are little hidden gems within the tool. It's not just a keyword library. It's so much more than that. And then you can do the rankings audit as well, which I always kind of dig into. It just kind of summarizes for you your pages with the most traffic in the last, I think it's 28 days, pages with most traffic in the last three months, I think. And then you can also see like which pages experience traffic growth recently and also traffic decline, or I think he calls it contraction or something like that. That's really helpful because then you see what's falling off, what's doing better, and you can kind of plan accordingly. Yes, which when it comes to optimizing your or you know updating old content, that's the perfect place to look to see like where should I be focusing? Exactly. Yeah, because Google Search Console is great, but we don't always know what we're looking for in there. But this just kind of summarizes it real time for you, and you can run your audit like, and it does like a real time audit, so it's super handy. So yeah, like keyword library, yes, save your keywords, yes, peruse through there, save them, but there's so much more. I love the new title naming, did I say that right? (laughs) Title naming recommendations that he gives, and then also like there are sub-themes. I hope I'm saying all of this right. I am not a keyword research (laughs) analyst or (laughs) SEO expert, but trying to do my best here. But yeah, it is very helpful if you dig into that part as well. Yes. And I like the title analysis because it helps me to decide which direction specifically I want to come at this when I'm trying to teach a reader somewhere else. So yes, this is based on Google, but then also it helps give me like like a flashlight at where I should be looking. So because, you know, there could be some very general terms like, okay, I'm looking right now at smoker recipes beef. That's something that people search for very often. Well, there's a lot in here that I can go after. So within the title analysis, it's looking at different kind, different cuts. Is it barbecue? Is it pulled? Is it Texas? So it helps me know, okay, this is, this is how I'm going to focus and then get started in writing. Because for me, the, the hardest part is getting started. Mm-hmm. Once, I, once I get going and I, I have my headers in, it's much, much quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true. So you use it for both new and old content. So you comb through your old and create new, but you run it all through the optimizer, I'm assuming, because it's incredible. Yes. Yeah. So talk about the optimizer a little bit if somebody doesn't know about that. So once you run your report and get your title, then there's it's almost like a workspace. It's a place that you can physically type in or copy and paste your blog post into And it's going to show you all of those other LSI words or topics that the most popular blog posts are already featuring. And as you go through, it's going to give you a grade. So one blog post will say it needs a thousand words to probably outrank all of the other posts or get up there into the top 10. And while word count isn't 
actually a ranking factor. It's a recommendation that this is probably what you're going to need in order to cover all of those LSI words. And then as you go through in your writing and you're using all of those other LSI words, it'll check them off that list and it'll tell you right now you've, you've gotten it. It's like the red light, orange light, green light from Yoast, yep. but better and more accurate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're getting closer, you're getting closer. And then, you know, you, you'll have a piece of A++ content by the time you get done writing with your headings and, and all of your, your paragraphs and breaking it down. Hello, my favorite people. Let's chat quick about some ways eBlog Talk can help you ditch the overwhelm, manage your time, feel connected, and prioritize that seemingly never-ending stream of tasks, platforms, and algorithm changes we're faced with. The eBlog Talk Mastermind Program is our signature offering and the best investment you will make in your blogging business. This is a transformative 12-month experience that will help you achieve your goals faster than you ever thought possible. Join the waitlist for 2024 groups. Go to eblogtalk.com forward slash mastermind to get in on that. If the mastermind program is on your dream board, but you aren't quite ready to make that investment in your business yet, the next perfect step for you might be the Eat Blog Talk Mini Minds. This six month program is designed to help you achieve your goals and overcome any obstacles that may be holding you back so you can experience the freedoms you're yearning for. Join the waitlist for groups starting in Q4 of 2023 at eatblogtalk.com forward slash mini minds. And if you are ready to learn, grow, and build relationships in person, join me and a handful of your fellow food bloggers at an upcoming Eat Blog Talk retreat. This is a great opportunity to convene in an intimate setting to learn, collaborate, and connect. These retreats involve mastermind-style peer-to-peer collaboration and are incredibly powerful and fun experiences. Go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash retreat. To get information about all eBlog Talk services, go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash services, eatblogtalk.com forward slash services. Now back to the episode. I have taken old content and copy and pasted it over from my blog. And then I'm like, oh, it's an F. No wonder it's not ranking. And then I rewrite it. And then it, within you know a week, then it starts pulling in traffic. So the optimizer is definitely the most useful yes. part of Frank IQ. Most powerful, I would say, too. Yeah. Yeah, I do the same. I'll be like, why isn't this doing well? And then once I paste it in, it's like, red F. <laughs> okay. But yeah, like I try to aim for, it gives you a recommendation too. So it's not always like you have to get an A++. It recommends like B- minus or something. But I always try to get to A++. It doesn't always happen because sometimes it's just like, this is not natural anymore. So you do like to keep it as natural as possible. No keyword stuffing. You just want to make it yours while you yeah. know including these keywords if possible. That's another thing. Like Keyword stuffing is a great point. And with some of the recent updates from Google and even looking at chat GPT, it needs to sound fluid and it needs to sound natural. And most of these words that are recommended to include are not not just your keyword at all. So I now sometimes I will I will work in the optimizer. I'll move it over into my blog post and it 
will t- my Yoast will tell me that, that I didn't cover this enough and I don't even look at it anymore really yeah. because I trust what I'm doing over in rank IQ and it's working. So I think my writing has actually gotten better since I started to use this because it is more natural. It's funner. Like I am having more fun with it because I'm more confident with it. Yeah, that's a really good point. And when you do it enough, you, I feel the same way, Alexis. I feel like I do become a better writer and a more a quicker writer too. Like I'm, I can do it so much more faster. Wow. I can do it so much faster than I could before. (laughs) So the whole blog writing process or updating process goes so much more quickly now that I've been using Rank IQ for a while. Whereas before it was like not knowing where to start, not knowing what my title Mm -hmm. should be, not knowing how to format my posts or what keywords to put in there really. So now it's just like, okay, I know exactly what to do. So I think I've cut my post writing process in half or more within the last couple of years. Yeah, it's really eye-opening how helpful the title and the optimizer can be. And because of that, like I did more work in May than I have ever since I started my blog. So it was so motivating and so exciting to see that I was able to update. And because the post that I updated... It was like an entirely new post with a really old URL. So it was just very natural for it to start pulling in traffic because it had been there for long. And some of the pictures, the photos had been indexed, I think, already. So Brandon Gailey, the Blogging Millionaire podcast, he he talks quite a bit about how to update and if you should be updating photos or not which is helpful. But by the time I got done just copying and pasting and rewording, it was like an entirely new post in such a small fraction of the time. Mm -hmm. Really good point. And you mentioned the blogging millionaire. So I think it would be worth just mentioning if you have old content that needs to be updated, I highly recommend going through Brandon's four part, I think it's four part series where he goes through the different quadrants. Have you done that, Alexis? Mm -hmm. So I did listen to that. He did that quite a while, a while ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. And now that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm looking at, I have a lot of, I have a lot of opportunity though. So (laughs) there's like plenty for me to work on, but yes, he does have a really good system and he actually kind of just did a recap on it going through his, I think 13 point parts on different things to look at. They're really short, like seven to 10 minute podcasts. And he does go through there a little bit again on on updating old content and how to choose. Yeah. It's really helpful because I, for a while I was trying to do it on my own. Like, oh, I know exactly what I'm looking for. Not, And so I would go into search console and pull out like what I thought should be updated. But then I did his series and I was just telling some people in my mastermind, like it was kind of like magic. There were two URLs that came up that according to his strategy, I should update and they were kind of old. Like, I was like, why should I don't really want to update these? It doesn't seem right, but I did it anyway. And those two URLs shot up in Google within like two to three weeks. They were old URLs, but like you said, I didn't do anything to the photos and I just basically gave it a total facelift, the copy. And they're doing really well right now. Like they're bringing me a ton of traffic. And so it is really worthwhile to just kind of trust the process and do what he recommends and just see how it goes. Well, yeah, because that's so awesome. How fulfilling is that, that 
when, I mean, it makes those undesirable tasks like way better when, when, you know, you don't really want to do this, but then when it turns out like the, it works, then it's worth it. Oh my gosh. Yes. 100%. Yeah. The outcome is the payoff. So just keep remembering like you could have really good rankings if you just go through it, but it is kind of like arduous getting through there sometimes, especially if it's not lighting you up. Like the ones that like some rice cakes recipe that I had written a long time ago about toppings and that doesn't align with my niche at all. So I'm thinking like, what? Why do I, I am not going to update this. The pictures were okay, not great, but I did it anyway. And yeah, now I'm like, I think I'm number three for this keyword, which is <laughs> <That's awesome. pretty laughs> miraculous because I never would have thought that. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you handle like non-recipe content and also roundups? Yes. So for one thing, I do like roundups and I do like to put one or two in my monthly calendar because they're, they can, well, all of those non-recipe posts are faster than writing a recipe because you don't need the recipe card. You don't have to test it out multiple times and make sure that it's right. So what's a, okay. So I have like, so a couple that I've done lately, I'll put in there, I'll get my headings done and then I just kind of slowly work on it. So probably two a month, maybe one roundup and then one just non recipe post, like a support post, whether it's a shopping guide for grills or something like that. There's also quite a bit on how to freeze things, how to save things, how to clean things, like how to clean your Traeger grill. So I will do one of those a month. Did I answer your question? Yeah. Yep. In comparison posts, I'm trying to think of other yeah, like how to store food in the fridge or outside of the fridge or when does food go bad? Like these are all questions that people are asking on Google sometimes, like depending on the category of food, like a lot of people can be asking these questions and they need to be answered by people who know what they're talking about. So you, bloggers. So if you have a food category that you're like, I know everything about asparagus, how it should be stored, what you should do with the end. Like if you know all of that, then put it out there because it would probably be super easy for you to write. And clearly it's valuable and people need this information. And you can do interlinking as well with all of your other amazing asparagus recipes. That is a great point. One thing I kind of forgot about that interlinking with batch working. So as soon as you write one post, you want to go to an older one and and link back to it to build that up. Well if you're focused on one topic, say, you know, asparagus, how to freeze it, how to use up the leftovers. So you have two non-recipe support posts that you can probably write pretty quickly that you're going to be able to link to in your current two posts and build, build up this little net. Yeah, it's true. And sometimes other bloggers or other URLs will pick up that informational style article too. Like, oh, this is really valuable. Like how to get into an artichoke, for example. I think I wrote one on that recently. That's something that a lot of people don't know about. So if someone else finds that I'm an expert in cooking and eating artichokes, they're going to link to me. So backlink opportunity as well. Yes. Yeah. And I do agree. I recommend that 
all bloggers should be putting roundups and non-recipe posts into their content calendar at least. Like you're doing like two a month, probably one each a month. I mean, it's satisfying because it's it's pretty quickly. And I know we're all here probably because we love to cook and we like writing recipes. But sometimes people just want their questions answered. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's helpful to just help them. Yeah, as boring as it might seem. You have the knowledge, so share it, right? Yes. All right, we have covered a ton. I hope this is super helpful for people, whether they're in Rank IQ or not, to just give them inspiration to dig more into the tool. And I mean, honestly, like you're saying, Alexis, this makes your life more streamlined. It makes blog post writing faster, whether it's new or old content. It's like hand-delivered keywords on a silver platter that are going to work for you. I just feel like it's a no-brainer, especially now when things are so competitive and there's so many people trying to get keywords. This is just like, yes, I think everyone should be exploring this. It really is. And I think that you know, using a, an optimizer and going through this list, it might feel like a little less natural, you know, almost like an AI is writing it for you, but it's Yeah, it's such a great guide. And like I said, it's made my least favorite task when it comes to blogging, but probably one of the second most important, right? The first important being that you can cook. (laughs) And then the second one that you can write and get your information out there where it needs to be seen. So it's just the best. It really remotivated me this last year to keep going to see results. And I have watched a lot of growth in the last two months by really knuckling down and having a good system with Rank IQ. That is awesome. And I'm so glad that it reinvigorated you. It kind of did the same for me. I've been blogging for a million years and I was just at the point where like, honestly, I don't know what I can cook. (laughs) I'm just so, I've cooked so many recipes over the years that I just got to that point where I was stuck a little bit. And this really did give me new life as well. And I want to touch on what you said just a little bit, like that idea that it's maybe not as natural, you know, like what to substitute for asparagus in this meal, like something like that just seems like really, this seems kind of forced and not something that I would write about. But when you get into it and you start writing, you find that you're more passionate about this than you thought. And the results Mm -hmm. that it delivers to you For me, that's so inspiring to see how quickly you can rank and how valuable it is for people. I love that piece of it. So just a little encouragement there that it may seem forced, like Alexa said, but the payoff is so worth it. Yes, it's a great filter. Yes, right. So true. Well, I'm glad we share this passion, Alexis. I just love this tool I talk about all the time, and I'm sure everyone's like, yes, yes. We hear you, Megan, but it's good to hear it from other people too. So I am so grateful that you joined me in this episode and shared your passion for it and all the things that work for you as well. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to talk to you, Alexis. Do you have either a favorite quote or words of inspiration to leave us with today? So lately, one thing, it's not really a quote, but it's just something that I've been trying to remind myself of is that I can do anything, but I can't do everything. And I've been reminding myself a lot of it a lot lately because there's all of these things that I want to do and I know that I can, 
And the reason I'm sharing it now is because I could do my own keyword research, but I cannot do it better than Rank IQ. So knowing, you know, just reminding myself of that keeps me on track sometimes. Mm, and it helps that is such a great idea, concept, because it helps you streamline too. And that's exactly what we're talking about today. If there's something that's going to help you streamline your business, heck yes, do it, right? Absolutely. Yes. Great way to end. Thank you so much. We'll put together show notes for you, Alexis. If you want to go look at those, go to eblogtalk.com forward slash fancy apron cooking. Tell everyone where they can find you. So, yep, fancyaproncooking.com is the name of my blog. And then on my socials, on Instagram and Facebook, you can find me at Fancy Apron. Everyone, go check Alexis out. Thank you so much for being here again. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you posted it to your social media feed and stories. I will see you next time.